Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Father. God, you are majestic. You are glorious. We've come here this morning just to worship you, to stand in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Kim, God's got this. Let it go. Let the weights go. Let it fall to the ground. The Bible says unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it remains but a single seed. Just release it to God. He's got this. The answer is already there. Turnaround has already begun. I just don't want to rush this moment. I feel like God's speaking. Let him, let him speak to you. Let God touch your heart this morning. Thank you, Lord. Moving your spirit in this house. Somebody here, and you've got strained family relationships. Direct and extended. I hear the Holy Spirit tell me, I, I, if you will, if you will soften yourself to my leading, I will bring healing in the midst of this situation, and I will orchestrate restoration of relationship. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give God a mighty hand clap this morning? Thank you, Lord. Smile at somebody, high five, fist bump. We thank the worship team. You guys are absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, George. Thank you, CJ. Voice of an angel. Well, I'm glad to be bringing the word this morning. Are you glad to be in church? Come on. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. It's an amazing thing just to make that decision and flip that switch. I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a worshipper. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lover of Jesus. And I, I love that, that we get the, the chance just to, to boldly and confidently say, I love Jesus. He is my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's, he's my Redeemer. Everything that's good in my life came from Him. And once you start to realize that, that I, I essentially have nothing in and of myself. I'm but every good thing, and I have a lot of good things, every good thing is being given to me. And the Bible says that. It says every good and perfect gift comes to you from your Father in heaven. And there's time, we walk through seasons where it's like, yeah, but I don't know. It's okay not to know, but just believe. Yeah. Anyway, so I am I'm pumped to bring the word of God today. Proverbs 16.9 says this. It says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And I'm sure you'd agree that life's messy and unpredictable. Four weeks ago, we were in Lismore. We were cleaning up after the biggest flood they've ever had. I was there again yesterday, and they'd had a flood again this week. They didn't predict, they didn't think they'd be underwater again to chest high three weeks later. It's, it's, it's messy. It's unpredictable. Life happens, and we don't understand it, and we don't. it's like, man, this is uncomfortable. But I just want to reassure us it's messy and uncomfortable for all of us that we're all facing something at some time, and the Word of God says, 
I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In the midst of a mess, in the midst, midst of the unpredictable nature of life, God is with us. And it's important to remember that wherever you are today, God is with you. And not only is he with you, he wants to comfort you. It says, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord, and he wants to lead you through life. And I'm just glad that we can build our life on the word of God, the unchanging word of God. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word remains forever. If you're going to build your life on something, build it on the truth of the word of God. Read the word, consume the word. Uh, who was it? Mark this morning quoted a scripture to me. And I'm like, I, I love that. I knew the scripture, but I loved it because it said, it said to me, he's reading his Bible. And, and the greatest thing you will ever do is just read the word. And if you don't like reading, listen to the word. Get a Bible reading app, a, app that, that speaks to you. Wherever you go driving. I was in Brisbane last week and I flew to Adelaide and we're in Lismore. I just start listening to the Bible. I just, I just put my earbuds in and just start listening, just consume the word of God. And, and when Joshua was told to lead the people, Moses, my servant, is dead. I want you to rise. I want you to lead three million people out of slavery into freedom. Don't let the word depart from your mouth. Have the word as your weapon ready in life to, to do whatever it needs to do in your life. But my main scripture for today, Psalm 37. Everybody say Psalm 37. And the title of my message is Directed Steps. If you need a sub, some message, it's Pathway for Life, but Directed Steps. God wants to lead us and guide us in life. <clears throat> First one says this. It says, do not fret because of evil birds, nor be envious of workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as light, your justice as noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Man, I've got, I got to learn that. I think most of us have to learn. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. We don't have to strive and struggle and exert energy in what we can actually, the, the life that you've been created for is one where you can wait on him and be led by him and said, be carried by him. It says those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint, which is counterintuitive, countercultural. It's not what we're taught in school. It's work hard to get your results. It's strive to get ahead. It's fight for what you, you want. But, but the, the, the kingdom is just totally opposite to everything. You know, I find it difficult to rest. I, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm active. I'm doing stuff. But it's not always productive. And there's a scripture that says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. I can do anything. But not everything that I do is going to benefit my life. And that's why God wants to lead us in his way. So rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evil doers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. I love this because right in the middle of that passage, it says, don't fret. Don't worry. Lighten up. Smile. Don't stress. Enjoy life. If I don't enjoy today, 
I don't have a life because today is all I've got. Tomorrow, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not certain. I only, we only have right now. Don't worry. Matthew 6 says don't worry about what you'll eat or you'll drink or you'll wear or what you have. Don't, everybody worries about all these things, but you're mine. Your assurance is in me. Your strength is in me. The Bible says when we are weak, he is strong. It says let the weak say I am strong. So, so, so don't worry. And in Proverbs 17, it says a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And I've said this before, but I'm not sure if you've heard the saying, but if it's going to be funny later, it's funny now. There's things that I laugh about now that I used to freak out about, that I used to worry about, that brought me stress, that brought me anxiety. And then I, you walk through it now because now I'm a bigger person. And now I've got bigger capacity, and now I've realized I can get through that challenge, and I'm on the other side. Now I'm not worried about it. Now I'm laughing about it. The things that Melissa and I in our first year of marriage, we used to argue about, after 25 years of marriage, you laugh at that. Because it's so, it's so stupid. It's, it's nothing. And so often we're, we're carrying burdens and stresses and weights and fears and anxieties and guilt and shame. It's like, just laugh about it. Shake it off and laugh about it. I, I read an article this morning, and, and no matter what you think of this, I just thought it was a great article, but it was about the Will Smith slap. So he slapped some. And, but the, what most people didn't know was during the ad break, um, Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry, who are both spirit-filled Christians, jumped up in the middle of the ad break and went straight over to Denzel Washington, uh, to, to Will Smith. They grabbed him by the shoulders and said, don't give the devil any room for a foothold in your life. And they prayed for it. But I'm like, how awesome is that? that and, and do you know what Denzel Washington said? Just, just, and I could see the hands. There was a video of what was happening. He said, just brush it off. Just let it go. Move on from that moment. And so, again, no matter what we think of the moment, no matter what really happened, you had two guys that jumped up and said, you have to let go of that moment. That will control you, that will consume you, and you won't be thinking clearly if you hold on to that. And they said at the, at the Oscars, they prayed for him, that the Spirit of God would come on, on him and the devil would get off him. Mm-hmm. I thought, how awesome is that? that? And it's the same for all of us. In, in any moment we find ourselves, anything that we're challenged by, when we make mistakes, we can shake it off. So I want to encourage you, as Taylor Swift said, <laughs> The prophet Taylor Swift, just shake it off. Just if I could sing, I would sing. Actually, I love singing. I love worshiping. I was worshiping vigorously last week in Adelaide, and my friend's daughter was sitting next to me. And she goes, "Oh, chichi," and I looked over. I said, "I'm a good singer, aren't I?" And she goes, "No." <laughs> and I went back to vigorous worshiping because I thought, "Well, I'm here anyway. I've taken that step. I'm just going to go for it." But if it's going to be funny later, it's funny now. Learn to laugh. And that's that, that scripture, sing, O barren woman who has no child. What, what does this barren woman have to sing about? She's got the promises of God. She can walk in the peace of God. It says, now may the God of hope fill you in with all joy and peace in belief. We can believe to a better day. We can believe beyond right now and dream for what is because it's been promised in him. So today, why don't we just, regardless of what we're facing, why don't we just decide we're going to come through this and we're going to be bigger, stronger, and happier than we are right now. Amen? Uh, but I wrote this down. I said, don't worry what has happened because you can't change it. Don't worry about what might happen because there's no guarantee that it even will. So we can't change what's happened, so just don't worry about it. 
I worry about so many things and, and get myself, you know, consumed with that worry, and it may never even happen. So it's, it's useless and it's futile. And, you know, Corey Tamboom, who was a lady that, that rescued thousands during the Nazi Holocaust, she said this, worry steals the strength of today and empties tomorrow of hope. Don't, don't let worry steal your strength for today. You need the strength for today to get through today. Stay in faith, stay in hope, stay, stay in joy, stay in peace, stay guided by God. And I love what, what Jesus' parting words to his disciples were. It says, do not let your hearts be distressed. You believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be distressed. Life, everything in life is a heart issue. And that's why the Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flows the wellspring of life. We have to guard our hearts against others, against circumstance, against self. That we have to we have to guard our hearts. And in Psalm 46 it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea. So I just want to look at Psalm 37 quickly and get some directed steps for life. Look at look at how we can walk a pathway for life. Amen. Krista, it is nice to see you. I didn't see you in the very beginning. It is always nice to see you. Does everybody know Krista? Yeah. An amazing, beautiful woman. Let's welcome Krista this morning. I love Krista. She says it like it is. Yeah, you've got nice boots on. The boots are all right. Usually she comes up and goes, I like that shirt, or no, that shirt doesn't work for you. I'm like, all right. Mental, mental note, note yourself. Is it all right? Yeah. Melissa doesn't like it because it clumps, but you yeah, like it because it clumps. It. Right, it looks good. Fantastic. So in verse 1, first step or part in our pathway for life is to trust in the Lord, which is easier than said than done. And I know a lot of your stories. I know a lot of what you're walking through right now, but this is what the Word of God says, trust in the Lord. And the issue is it's easier said than done. That's the reality of life. It's easier said than trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, Mark. Trust in the Lord. But when you don't, you lose a job, or when you don't have money to put in the fuel tank, or when that bill comes, it's easier said than done when you get that health report from a doctor. Trust in the Lord, brother. So it's, 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 it's not as easy to do as it is to say, but we can do it. And, and the reason it's not easy is because we all have trust issues. We've all had somebody hurt us or someone wrong us or something happen in life. But the reality is we need to live by faith and not by sight. And that's how we trust in the Lord, is to live by faith and not by sight. Because right in front of me right now I have this issue. But God says I'm going to get through that issue. He says he's working all things together for my good, that I'm going to live beyond that issue, that I'm going to grow bigger than that issue. But right now I have to trust that that is the fact. So I have to live by faith and not by sight. Can I encourage you? Stir your faith. Work your faith. Let, let God do a work in your life. And you don't have to give him mountain-moving faith. You only need mustard seeds faith, seed faith. If you give him a little, God will take that little that you give him. He'll work it. He'll multiply it. And he'll bring the answers to your life. And in verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good so I can believe in you, God, and then I do something with the faith that I have. The Bible says faith without works is dead, that, that I can be seen by my faith. I can be seen by the action of my life because I can tell you what I am, but you will know what I am or who I am by what I do. So I don't actually have to say 
what I believe, or you, you should know it by what you see in my life. And the amazing thing is, when, when I'm trusting God and doing good, I'm less focused on my issues and my challenges, because I'm looking beyond, I'm trying to help others, and it's like God carries me around the mountain of my issues when I'm looking to others and helping them through their issues. So can I encourage you, let's not navel gaze, let's not, woe is me, and, and I've got this issue, and I've got this challenge, God, who have you got for me to help today? Who can I bless? Who can, who can I build? Who can I encourage today? And I guarantee you'll get to the answer of your issues uh, much faster. And, you know, for me, trusting literally just looks like staying put. When I want to run and when I want to get away and when I want to just forget the issue. But, but staying put, and for me, that's Isaiah 40 again, where it says, wait on the Lord. As you wait on the Lord, strength will come. And, and we can all do that, and we all do it in different ways. For some of us, it's worshipping. For some of us, it's praying. For some of us, it's reading. The, but can I encourage you, be still and just wait on God. Just let God be God in your life. And so often from our mouths we declare and from our mouths we praise and we pray and we, this is what's happening. But then we, our actions negate our words and we start undoing all the things we've asked God to do. Can I encourage you, just stay put. Don't run. Don't try and escape and, and make things happen. Philippians 4 says this. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, to know, made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There's a peace that comes that can't come from any other source, and it comes in waiting on him. And it comes in, in resting in him. So can I encourage each of us today that the, the pathway uh, to, to, to the life of peace that God wants for us starts in us waiting and resting in him, trusting in him, putting our hope and our faith in him. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough wherever you are today. In whatever situation you find yourself, I, I want to tell you, Jesus is enough. And your head right now is probably going, Christian, you have no idea. You don't even know. You don't know a half of it. I know Jesus is enough. I know that the work of the cross was total and complete. When he descended to the depths of hell, conquered death and sin, and rose victorious, now seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is enough. Amen? Yes. Can I get an amen on that this morning? Yes. Second thing is this. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. It's not just trust in him. Because sometimes I can trust, but I can trust begrudgingly. Or I can trust frustratedly. Or I can trust upset, but take delight in the Lord. Find joy in the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, uh, that he wants to be our portion, that, that every good and perfect thing comes to us from the Father. You may as well, if you're going to walk with God, you may as well take delight in God. It says delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. So that looks like loving God, loving his ways, and loving his will. And his, his will and his ways are perfect for our lives. They're just not always what we want. But who knows that what God has for us is, is far superior to what we want. Because I want according to how I'm conditioned, how I was raised, my temperament, my makeup, my nature, my personality. That's I want according to that. But he, God, God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts aren't my thoughts. They're above and beyond. So when I take delight in him and I say, God, I just love your ways. God, I just love. There is that peace that comes, again, that can't come from any other source. I love what David said in Psalm 34. It says, I will praise you at all times. 
I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. What an amazing scripture. Let us, I will praise you at all times. I'll praise you in the good and I'll praise you in the bad. I'll praise you when I'm happy, and I'll praise you when I'm sad. I'll praise you when I'm when I'm taking backward steps. I'll praise you when I'm making progress. And I just choose to praise you, God, because you're worthy. You're worthy of my. And again, this is not easy because life is real, and the pain that we feel is real, and the circumstance we face is real. The enemies that come against are real, but Jesus is enough. Amen. Why should we delight ourselves in God? Because he delights in us and every detail of our lives. You know, verse 33 says, The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. And just as we come and wait in his presence and we, we, we're taught from the word, you need to realize God delights in every detail of your life. You know, driving back from Lismore yesterday, and it was awesome because Craig and I and, and Josh, we just got to spend like 16, 17 hours together from 3.30 in the morning till 6.30 at night, whatever. And but I loved hearing in detail. I said, Josh, what do you like to cook? And he told me, what, and I said, but what about Joelle? And he goes, oh, she's epic. <laughs> she's, actually, her cooking is unbelievable. When she makes this, she adds this to it. And, and, and it's, she doesn't just go by recipe. I have to go by recipe. He said, I go to Audi three times because I forgot one, one little ingredient. I can't make the recipe without that ingredient. He goes, but not Joelle. She just thinks. Anything that's in the house, she takes what, but it was the details and the story came alive. I was like, oh, that's, that's unreal. And then I'm thinking, I'm salivating, I'm thinking, I just want to go and cook. I want to find some ingredients. I don't even care what they are. I'm taking those ingredients and I'm making a, whatever, uh, something nice. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fair. But the detail, God is interested in the details. He wants the minute details. See, Melissa gets frustrated because I'm a headline guy. As soon as she says, yeah, it's okay, I go, great. I don't need to know anything else. It's great. It's, it works out. She needs to tell me three million details to get me to it's great. I just trusted you, it is great. But God wants the three million details. He wants you to tell him. He wants you to pour out your heart. He wants you to delight in him because he delights in every single detail of your life. You are not insignificant. You matter. Right where you are, how you are, you matter because you reflect God in the earth. And he wants you to know how much you matter, how much worth you carry in life, because he wants you to carry that worth, that worth into the community. He doesn't want you burdened down. He wants you delighting, knowing that you're delighted in, so everybody else can see how delightful you are. And that's cheesy ads, but man, that's good theology. God delights in you. He wants that radiance to be seen by every person you come in contact with. God, let your light so shine. That's what the Bible says. Arise, shine, for your light has come. That we are salt and light. That we can only ever be what God calls us to be when we see ourselves as he sees us. Third thing is this. Commit what you do to the Lord. Your work can be done for the Lord. Your giving can be done for the Lord. Your worship can be done for the Lord. Your friendship with others can be done for the Lord. Commit every single thing. Not what you can't do. Commit everything to the Lord. And he will direct your paths. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. And there's a saying that he's either God of, of all or he's not God at all. God wants to be God of all. so that Because that, there will come a time where what you can do now, you won't be able to do in your own strength. So why don't you just give it to him now? 
Why don't you just cast your cares upon him now? Why don't you just release to God now even the things you can do so he can make them even better than what they already are? And, and, you know, for me, that just looks like, what's the agenda of my life? Is the agenda of my life to build my life and to build my kingdom and to build what I want and get what I want and consume? Or is the, the agenda of my life to, to be an open spring that flows towards other people? That bless Because that's Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he left heaven and the Father to come and to seek and to save that with it, that our lives need to be spent on mission for others as a blessing, a blessing of generosity, a blessing of praise, a blessing of, of encouragement and inspiration that every person that I meet, I, I can laugh with and I can lighten their load. That's, that's why you are here, to lighten people's loads. And not that you carry the weights of their burdens, but you just transfer for, for them and give them to God. That you can let me just take a hold of that for a second. I'm giving that one to God. I'm casting your cares. You can put them on me because I'm casting them off to God as well. And and I I just like the fact that you know yesterday I felt like we went to Lismore for a for a purpose to shave down doors and hang doors and put locks on and do things to get a building ready as a base for other things we're going to do in that local community. And God says I've got other plans for you. And I'm like man, no, that's what we're doing. We've got a time frame. We've only got. 10 hours on the ground, this is what we got to do. And, and I felt like God said, call your friend. So I, I've got a friend there who was a family friend of Melissa's and very influential businessman in that Lismore region. And I said, Ridley, we need to come and talk to you. I've got Joel with me from Convoy of Hope. Um, only got a short window of time. He says, come now, I've got somebody coming. I went, okay. When we got there, there was a, a member of council that he was sitting with. She'd been in that region for 45 years. And he said, tell her what you told me. And Joel says, well, we just want to get people back into their homes. We want to get people some hope. We want to give them some vision. We want to inject them with love from afar. He said, he's from Noosa. I'm from the Gold Coast. We're not even from here, but we're committed to helping rebuild. She goes, good. Come on Monday at 10 o'clock because on 10 o'clock on Monday, I'm going to have the premier here and I'm going to tell her she needs to give you as much money as you need to start rebuilding houses. Okay. And so I'm, I'm there going, no, I don't have time for this. I need to shave down doors. I need to put locks on. I need to... And God's going, shut up. <laughs> the light in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart the desires of the heart was that we would be a blessing where we were found so often our plans are I got to do this and God goes really so, so we're there putting on a door putting on another door he goes I want to rebuild houses and rebuild lives and bring hope back to people that are hopeless people that are thinking of taking their lives people that are thinking of walking out on their marriage would you stop for a second in your plans if you'll walk in my ways if you'll take the light in me I'll do something far greater than you ever could so in one 30 minute when I'm watching the clock I could, I could be back there doing I could be sweeping right now I could be water blasting right now that's like you idiot and he goes I'm going to make a way where the premier now has your ear and where the premier who pulls bigger strings than you pull is going to do, that's God. That's what God wants for your life. And what we think we're trying to get, God's like, if you get out of the way, I will get to you everything that I've promised for your lives. All we've got to do is submit to him. Amen? Amen. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Matthew 12, 11 says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. And get away with me, and you'll recover your life. We're trying to build our lives. We're trying to create and manufacture and make our lives. And he's just going, if you just come away with me and rest, 
you'll recover your life. And we've all got a picture in our mind of the ideal, the perfect life. You say, don't fuss, don't stress. Does anybody live like that? That like it's I've got to make this work. I've got to make this happen. It's just just rest. Sit down. Take it easy. Go to faith and then take it easy. So the Bible says we fight the good fight of faith. Our fight in life is for faith and positioning in the kingdom, not for life itself. Life will come and life will flow to you as you wait on him. We need to create space in our lives for God to dwell in. And that's, there's, a real, that, there's a real discipline in that where we create space. Because I create space for a lot of things. Mentally, I've, I'm creating space for I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. I create space for recreation. I want to go for a surf or I want to have a run. Or go. I create space, but are you actively creating space for God in your life? Because whatever space you create for him, he will fill. He will inhabit. He will dwell in. And, and I love what Psalm 91 says, that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I want my life shadowed by God. Not, not, not by the enemy, not by circumstance. I want my life shadowed by God. I've shared this story before, this image before. of I used to love going down to the beach with my dad at sunset because I would stand near the water's edge and he would stand behind me, but I could see his shadow. And, and my dad's a small man. He's only five foot three. But when the sun's cast on an angle, it, it creates this illusion of the, and I could see my dad. And I, it didn't matter what was going on around me. My dad was standing behind me, and it was just this shadowing of, I, was like, I felt peace in that moment. And that's what God wants for our lives, that we would stand in peace, waiting on him, resting in the fact that he is with us, he's there. And I know this is a little heavy or whatever, or, but God, God just delights in you. He loves you so much, and he wants the best for your life. Verse 34 says, be, don't be impatient for the Lord to act. God's ways and his timings are not our ways and our timings, but don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Travel steadily along his path. He will honour you, giving you the land. When we wait on his timing, his timing is perfect. When we relax in the fact that he loves us, everything works out. And I, I just want to tell somebody here that everything's going to work out. Everything is going to be fine. God is in control. He's with you. He hasn't left you. That, that all things are working together for your good. And you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm telling you, the promises of God are coming to pass in your life. Amen? Last one is this. It says, verse 8, stop your anger, turn from your rage. Stop your anger, turn from your rage. There's a scripture that says the wrath of uh, man works not the righteousness of God. Me getting angry doesn't change what God's going to do. It doesn't invoke the will of God in my life. It doesn't attract the presence of God. So, so can I encourage you here today? If you're walking through challenging times, stop getting angry at God. Stop getting angry about your wife. Stop getting angry at others and don't stop being angry at yourself. Just stop it. We're all flawed. We're all failing. We're all making mistakes, but that's what grace is for. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Stop getting angry. And let the peace of heaven come upon you because you will see clearly. You can't see clearly when you're angry. My, my vision is distorted because I'm, I've got a million thoughts going through my head and I've got emotions and I've got, I've got, and I'm worked up and I'm sweating and I'm getting angry and I'm, and I can't see clearly. 
Just relax. Stop fighting. Fight for faith, not for victory. Because victory comes. Corinthians says, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory in life is assured in Christ. Let him fight your battles. Let him be the shield and that, that goes before you, that stands behind you, that hems you in. I, you know, I, I just get this picture of being shadowed by God and wrapping his arms around me. It's like nothing can come against you because I'm protecting you. And when we, when we stop getting angry and we start seeing clearly, something happens in life where there's a transference. And God wants there to be a transference of reliance in our lives where it's not about my intellect, it's not about my strength, it's not about my accumulation, it's about Him. And I'm, I'm encouraged, church, because I just think we've got great days ahead to be able to influence and impact our communities. And I'm excited for what I, I believe is revival that's going to come through, through the moving of the Holy Spirit through us through the church. And I love what it says in Acts. It says they were all together in one place and one accord and the power of God, the Holy Spirit fell. It empowered them and, and they went about doing things they hadn't done before. I feel a fresh release of the Holy Spirit into the earth. For whoever's ready and whoever will receive it, the empowerment of heaven will come upon their life and they will be sent to do good works in Jesus' name. And then finish with this scripture, and then we're going to pray. But it says, uh, Romans 12 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. One of the greatest things we can do in life is stop getting angry and find peace. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.